Hi guys, before the show, I just kind of wanted to preface uh, with a little bit of information going in so that you're kind of aware of where I was coming from with this episode. Uh, today's guest, we talked to uh, somebody with very different ideas about the world than I do. And what can be really easy in these conversations is to get caught up in arguing facts and conclusions. And that's really not what I wanted to do. Um, I wasn't really interested in a debate, and expressly my guest had actually said in email that he was not interested in debating, and I totally get that, and I, I had no problem with it because I agree. Um, really what I was more interested in than conclusions was I wanted to get into methodology, um, fundamental reasoning behind why you believe what you believe, because I believe it's the why that's more important than the what. Um, I am a little disappointed, uh, having gone back and listened at, I don't believe I did as good of a job at trying to peel away at, you know, uh, some of that reasoning. Uh, I think that we kind of did end up, uh, kind of getting caught up in just listening to, uh, the conclusions and, um, kind of what he believes. And we didn't really pry enough into the why. I think that's something that going forward, um, I, I definitely would like to get better at doing, uh, because that's something that I want to challenge myself, uh, as, as far as, you know, why do I believe what I believe and why do you believe what you'd believe and why are those different? And can we determine, you know, which of us might be using a more reliable method? Um, but, uh, besides that, it, it, it's at least an experience for me uh, to learn. Um, I hope that you can actually go through and listen and maybe learn some things as well, because while some of the, the ideas might seem pretty crazy, uh, some of the other ones are a bit more commonplace. Um, some of the things that he expressed that he believes, I hear from other people uh, fairly regularly. Um, I'm curious if in listening, you can start to understand you know, uh, or recognize things that you might agree with him on. And maybe if you're using, you know, uh, the same reasoning that he is to arrive at those conclusions, or if you're using different reasoning, um, I think that's what's important. Uh, and regardless of what we believe, I, I really want to get to the bottom of understanding how we get there. So I want you to kind of think about that as you listen, um, you know, focus on, the the why more so than the what and we did go kind of long um probably uh you know at my own fault I, I probably could have steered the direction of the conversation a little better than i did uh, i think we just kind of let uh a conversation go on in the wrong direction when we really could have focused more on epistemology uh than conclusions but so be it um I think it's a learning experience for all of us. Uh, that's really the goal here is to learn how to better analyze uh, reasoning and, uh, you know, how we get to believe what we believe. Uh, but otherwise, enjoy, guys. A place where we'll talk about current events, religion, politics, philosophy, and science. You will be challenged. You will question everything you thought you believed. Prepare to be.
We're back again. Hi, everybody. Hey, Eli. How you doing? Hey, hey. Doing good, man. How you been? Not too bad. Just uh, life as usual, surviving the pandemic and lockdowns and all of the pandemonium craziness that's going on in the world. Um, but I'm surviving. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's boring. Uh, aside from uh, <laughs> work, sleep, eat, and podcast as of lately. But this week, I'm really excited uh, because we have a really interesting guest that we're going to be talking to. Uh, today, we are talking with Patrick, who um, I met through Facebook through another friend. We got into kind of a uh, discussion where we were disagreeing with some things, and I thought, you know what, this would actually make for a really interesting uh, conversation on the show. So everybody, welcome, Patrick. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing really good. I really appreciate you guys inviting me to uh, share some information with you. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Um, I mean, it, it that's we definitely appreciate the conversation, and I think it'll be a fun one because uh, we definitely seem to disagree on a lot of things. Um, we had kind of talked about a couple of things that uh, we could talk about. Uh, you had mentioned uh, some of your beliefs around... Um, your biblical understanding of cosmology um, in that uh, the earth is flat, um, according to your belief, uh, as well as some other things, uh, some other topics you had kind of touched on, such as the uh, the pandemic. Um, uh, what would you like to talk about today, man? Well, uh, you're welcome to lead the conversation if you would like. Um, I don't believe that in our Facebook interaction that we actually got into the flat earth topic, no. but, um, but, uh, if you guys would like me to speak mostly about that, that would be fine. Um, honestly, I've, I, I think, um, personally, I, I really like to talk to people about things that are important to them. So, you know, of, of the topics that you had mentioned, um, which one of those things really makes a big difference in your life that's a, a big part of maybe who you are or something that's really important to you? Well, the uh, understanding the truth of our habitation is very important to me, and really it was uh, kind of a, a life-changing event. I think that's one reason a lot of people are opposed to it in the first place. I kind of laugh it off if because with uh, a new understanding a lot of times you have new responsibilities and although i am passionate in 2020 about trying to get people to see the truth of what is really behind uh, our planned demic and that's been kind of on the on the forefront of my mind this year because it affects so many people and it will be affecting people in the near future with the uh, coming jabs and uh, the World Economic Forum speaking about the Great Reset and this uh, the business lockdowns and it's affected different facets of business in different ways but it's been an economic impact from really from march for a lot of people some right. people are probably really yeah. in a bad bad place from it oh, fortunately yeah. my my situation i i'm not really terribly affected by it but uh that could be because about 2008 
we set about preparing ourselves in the event that the SHTF event occurred, and this very well could be it. Um, what do you mean? You want to kind of uh, expand on that a little bit? Well, I, I'm sure you're you're familiar with the SHTF uh, acronym, correct? No, could you uh, could you? I'm not familiar with it actually. Oh, you're not. Okay, that's uh, a nicer way of saying when the shit hits the fan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I I, I actually yeah. never heard that before. I hadn't heard that one myself. Yeah, that's oh, in in my circles. That's SHTF is is you know uh, a very common acronym. You see gotcha. see it and hear it quite a bit. But um, in '08, when the Kenyan was installed, uh, though I'm apolitical. Um, I still sense that, you know, the uh, process for uh, electing a president was not probably as it had been presented through time. And now several uh, selections later, we're seeing that. I don't honestly believe that in 08 that the American populace uh, indeed elected the Kenyan, and I certainly don't believe that they reelected him in 12. And really in 08, I sort of dropped out of, uh, shut off my television. I haven't had television since 2008. Um, and, but in 2016, with that election, that sort of, uh, set me on a different course. It's like it, the Trump was sort of a wake-up call and trump if you look that up from a biblical point of view it you know it means a horn a trumpet um in revelation it talks about the last trump and i'm thinking uh we're we must be getting toward the end times and i kind of was already a church goer of course but uh i really turned a little more to the conspiratorial side in 2016 around the time of the election and then really i've been on that what i call a truth journey ever since then and i have amalgamated just uh, an unbelievable about uh, amount of knowledge about so many different things uh that we believe this way especially if you are one who watches television every day but if you really dig below the surface and come to a greater understanding you see that m many aspects of the life that we live are based in falsehood or untrue in themselves and 2017 was a really big year for me that uh, you guys might remember that uh, in the middle of August in 2017, we had the the uh, continent-wide solar eclipse. Do you recall that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. About a week before that solar eclipse, I had um, a vision. Uh, during my life, I've had premonition dreams and things like that to come true, but I had um, a, a vision where I had a prophetic dream and I woke up and there was uh, lighted objects spinning on my ceiling. And I know for a lot of people that'll sound pretty crazy, but I can't help what I saw. But uh, that was there. I'd also, um, I'm not a preacher, but I had filled in as a pastor during that summer as well. And 
then it was September. We had the celestial alignment. Uh, September 23rd of 2017 was likened to the Revelation 12, 1 through 5 um, alignment in the sky. And then within a few weeks after that, that's when I was introduced to uh, Flat Earth. I'd had a, a unction, I guess, from the Spirit for several uh, months to visit a friend that I hadn't seen for quite some time. He had gone into uh, trucking. He's a truck driver, and I hadn't seen him for many months, and I just kept had having this recurring feeling that I need to go see see him. And I finally, toward the end of September, went and uh, over to his house when he was in from the road, and that's when I was introduced uh, to the idea of flat Earth. Um, after I was given the idea, then immediately, uh, being someone who believes in the Bible, I thought, well, you know, if there's one place that I can find the truth about where we live, it's in the Bible. So I spent really pretty much three days solid with my King James Bible and my Strong's Concordance. And I thought of keywords like, you know, galaxy, orbit, uh, revolve, uh, planet, uh, and just I listed probably a hundred or so keywords. And I went into the concordance and started looking all of these keywords up that were relative to cosmology. And after I spent a solid three days researching in the scriptures and referring back to the Greek and the Hebrew in the strongest concordance, at that point, I'd I dropped to my knees and wept and, and really kind of apologized to God for believing the lies of men about the nature of our creation. And why is uh, the nature of our creation important? Because the invisible attributes of God are made manifest through his creation. So we're without excuse. So if you say, oh, well, how can the tribes in the Amazon, if they've never even heard of uh, Jesus, you know, they're without excuse because they're, again, the, the attributes of God are made manifest through the creation. And that in itself is the motivating factor behind the deception because there are so many uh, elements of what I call scientism, which is the religion of science, uh, the guys in the, in the white lab coats, so those are priestly robes. And they have been misleading the population, taking them away from their godly origin for around 500 years. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Just to try to find a spot to uh, figure out where to begin, because uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Um and you, I, I know you, you realize that you're coming from a very radically different position than um, most people in that, right? Well, I, I don't realize how radical it is. I know that I seek to live based on the truth and that most well, of the world is wrapped up in world worldly things okay. and they pay a lot of attention to the media Let, and actually if you even just media in itself do you know where the name media comes from uh where the goddess medea who was the goddess of deception 
Can we start there? Um, can we start with uh, truth? Because um, okay. you mentioned that a few times, uh, and you know, you you've mentioned that you you are seeking the truth. I would say the same thing for myself as well. Um, how would you define truth? That that's a difficult question. It is not subjective, right? Right, because I, I agree with it. You. Hold um, it, 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 and it's eternal. That's that's the the biggest issue. Is that nothing that anyone any man does will change what the truth is. Um, Many people think that the truth is subjective and it's my truth or your truth. Right. But I don't ascribe I don't ascribe to that premise at all. Truth yeah. stands on its own. It doesn't you don't have to no one has to see the truth for it to actually be the truth. I totally agree with you. Um, I, I don't think that truth is subjective. Either something's true or it isn't. Uh, so we're totally on the same page there. So that's a great start. Um, I've actually had conversations with people where we differ on that. So um, I'm happy that we have a starting point. Um, how would you say that we go about determining truth? In science, the empirical method is provable testable and repeatable right and that that's a, a big part of it um also multiple uh this is per scripture uh out of the mouths of two or three witnesses so you don't establish the truth by only one witness you have multiple witnesses to establish truth okay um, right, so like maybe two or three different sciences, if they converge on on an answer independently, would you say that that's a good sign that you're probably looking at something that's true? Now, the word science, uh, based on the mindset of today, is really a loaded word. Okay. Um, it's science. Ultimately, um, it it means knowledge. And mm, we might disagree the, there. The, well, if you look, look up the etymology of the word science and see what you find. I, I, I think uh, maybe philosophically we might disagree. Um, maybe not necessarily in the etymology, um, but I don't necessarily view science as like a body of knowledge so much as I do a process, which you kind of already described. Okay, yes. In order to arrive at true empirical science it is a process right but what we are fed today is what i call pseudoscience in the bible it says uh, uh avoid vain babblings and uh, avoid science falsely so called it was uh prophesied that we would come to a time where science would lose its true meaning and i believe that we are there today and that's what i mentioned before the religion of scientism and that has um its roots really in uh luciferianism and actually we can go down that rabbit trail if you'd like to for a moment <laughs> um yeah if if you want to we can maybe uh take a quick detour well, it actually it ties to um to biblical cosmology okay um when when you think of the earth 
most people think of the blue marble. Are you of that same mindset or do you think of something different? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Where, where did that blue marble come from? Uh, what do you mean? Like what caused the earth to start existing? No, no. What I mean is where uh, did you encounter that blue marble image who provided that image to you so that you had a, a visual of what the earth is supposedly looks like. Oh, um, geez. Like basically everywhere. Um, I literally know you are the first person <laughs> that I've talked to who actually doesn't subscribe to the idea that the earth is round. I, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, but in person, you're actually the first person I've, I've, personally encountered okay first off you say round let's let's be more specific the um as a globe the go the government institutions and the space agencies uh purport our habitation to be a sphere right okay which right. you could you can you can say a sphere is round, but that's not specific because a pizza is also okay. round. A, uh, pen, a penny taken. is also round. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Point taken. Yeah. So, so, but the only uh, sources of that marble, that spherical Earth that you're, you know, are they're all going to tie back to the space agencies. They're the ones who supposedly mm, no. left Earth and, and took took the pictures. Not necessarily. But really, I mean, okay. Who, who else? Literally any, who, uh, any physicist uh, who studies physics um, would also agree with that. I mean, and they would absolutely agree with it that that's not even disputable. No, I'm I'm referring to the image itself. How would the physicist uh, arrive at that at that image? Oh, right. You well, you have to have something in space to take a picture of the Earth. So you would either come from satellite images or from uh, NASA, uh, right? Yeah, pretty much any of those agencies or um, uh, any of the many satellites that we have in orbit. Right. Okay. Well, really. Uh, I'm of the mind that satellites um, are really what's called satelloons. They're they're uh, on balloons, and in the biblical cosmology, and this is Genesis what? chapter one, God created a firmament, which is it divides the waters above from the waters below. So, in the biblical cosmology we ascribe to a circular mm -hmm. that's the round the a circular earth that's covered by a solid dome firmament right okay there and that being the case even bill nye said we can't leave this place so there's nowhere to go um we can only well, go to be fair about he said that 70 he, he did say that as in a, in terms of it being practical not not physically impossible Okay, well, they, they told us that they put a rover on Mars this year, did right. they not? Right. Okay, all right, and in the Bible, it also says that um, there are uh, objects terrestrial, meaning that you can walk on them, and objects celestial, which are uh, ab above the sky is what celestial is translated as, so 
the celestial is not something that you can walk on, be it the moon, be it Mars, be it Saturn or Jupiter. Okay. But I, I kind of uh, went on a tangent a little bit there. My, my point in asking you about the image of the globe, that actually goes back a, lo a lot further, but our big blue marble picture that's uh, the most prevalent was put out in 1972 by NASA. Uh, NASA admits themselves that um, all of the um, so-called pictures that we get of different uh, celestial bodies or the earth from space are all computer generated images cgi they're composites they're artist renderings okay so that's the, actually been falsified i've i've heard counter points to that um but besides that i'm actually kind of curious because you kept referring to uh kind of your biblical uh understanding i'm i'm curious um what would you say your primary reason for your conclusion would be would it be more biblical or would it be um like uh, a separate analysis of, of evidence what where where would you say would be the the main reason for you concluding um that there's a conspiracy you know that the earth is a globe or a sphere well well there's there's no um proof in god's word of the earth being a sphere and all the evidence about the creation that is in the bible points to a circular disc earth okay. that um, is encompassed with bounds that's the antarctic uh, ice wall that rings the entire earth and it's covered by a solid dome firmament that is congealed or fitted to the ice wall of Antarctica, and it, it's, it covers over the whole Earth. So um, there's no evidence in God's Word, and he's pretty, there's over 200 different uh, verses easily, maybe 250, that corroborate um, a motionless, still set upon pillars, uh, circular Earth encompassed by bounds and covered by a solid dome firmament. firmament. Gotcha. Well, wherein the luminaries make their circuits above us. So there's no evidence in here. One of the other um, empirical science proofs is that the, the main feature of a sphere or a ball is curvature. Right. Okay, and according according to the the space agency, the Earth is twenty four thousand nine hundred miles or thereabouts in circumference. Now that would be a measurement around the equator. So we're it's supposed to be twenty four thousand nine hundred miles approximately. Based on that, and you can even go to a, 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 a Earth curvature calculator online. The mathematical formula, and Elias, you probably appreciate this, uh, being that you like equations. the The equation for the Earth curvature is eight inches per mile squared. Right. Okay. Okay. And one mile would be eight inches, mm -hmm. but when you get to ten miles, it's um, sixty-seven feet, and when you get to 
100 miles, it's 670 feet or, or right. something to that effect. Right. So there have been a multitude of experiments conducted in different parts of the world that um, show no curvature. Uh, uh, I've actually personally seen some that do. You you have yeah, really yeah. okay. Where 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 did that take place? Okay, so there's a lake in Canada. I'm I'm having trouble remembering the uh, remembering the name of the lake. It's between mountains, so there's not a lot of uh, wind, so not very many waves, and it's large enough that at an angle you get a, a very long stretch. Uh, I don't remember the particulars, but I do remember actually seeing, and you know this was verified by several people. Um, they took camera. Uh, and then on the opposite shore, they stood up at, you know, eye level. You could see the bottom of, uh, like, a rowboat that was sitting on shore over the top of the water. And when they lower the camera down to water level, it covers the bottom of the rowboat. You can actually see physically the curvature because it's long enough that you can actually see it. And it's there's no waves to obstruct it either. It's It's fairly flat and it's it's fairly pronounced okay Um, bodies of water always uh find their level when you're building a building or going to pour a foundation you use a level and the substance inside of that level is water inside the bubble of the level Water always finds its level. Your water in your bathtub never, you know, curves. A swimming pool is always flat. The earth itself is about 70% water, so we're told. So uh, water can't curve. It has to have a container for one, and well, it always lies, it could it lies the, flat. It could if the surface of the planet were also curved around a center. But, uh, I, and I want to be careful because... We can get into, you know, um, making points and counterpoints, and that can go endlessly because I've literally watched some of those debates just continue with, you know, a a person who is a flat earth advocate with, you know, a physicist. And it just, there's there's a lot of retrospective points that are kind of made to try to explain, you know, or rationalize away all of the differences there. But kind of what I'm really more concerned with is... You know, you had mentioned a couple of times um, that that's like a biblical understanding of cosmology, correct? Yes. So would you say that that would be your primary reasoning for why you believe that it's true? Uh, It would be my primary reasoning. And on that note, in having changed my paradigm, my mindset about where we live— um, my first thought was, of course, you know, I've not, I'm not a lifelong churchgoer, right. but I went some, some as a child and some as a teenager. And then in my, you know, twenties and thirties, really, I wasn't, I was more, you know, family and paying for my house and this and that. But, you know, I've always believed that the Bible is true, mm-hmm. but one, once I changed my worldview based on scripture, Mm -hmm. then I said, you know what, if I'm going to be able to uh, be 100% certain, now I'm going to uh, seek out 
proof that I can trust the scripture. Okay. So I spent a, about a year's time doing much research on the veracity of the Bible and understanding the uh, textual lines and uh, all the archaeology that backs up the, uh, um, the truth of scripture, the manuscript evidence. And after a good year or so, I'm like, well, okay, now I've changed my mind about the earth. Now I'm uh, very certain that the Bible is is absolutely true. Gotcha. So would you would you say that you're like a hundred percent confidence on like a scale of zero to a hundred? You, you, would you say you're a hundred percent confident that you know that it's absolutely true, or would you say you're ninety? Or where would you place yourself on that scale? About the truth of the shape of the earth, or the truth of the of, of the Bible. Uh, I want to go to the truth of the Bible since that's kind of yeah, your foundation for that belief. Bible. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's if that's what you're basing it on, that's kind of what I'd like to focus on. I'm also well, very interested it, in some of that. Great. Yeah. You you haven't go chimed ahead. in much. I hope I'm not not yeah, hogging uh, up the conversation here. No, but, you're uh, good. No, you're doing a great job. Um, I think that the Bible is probably about 99.75% accurate oh. from its ori from its original writing. That's you so have specific. to realize. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the Dead Sea Scrolls that were discovered in 1947, um, those confirmed the um, integrity of 1,100 years of Masoretic uh, scribes translating the Bible. Okay, we can know that the Old Testament is was completed. They say about 400 BC. Ptolemy the Second commissioned uh, the Septuagint, which is a Greek version of the Testament. He he commissioned that in either 250 or 248 BC. So we know for sure based on that, and that's of historical record, that the Old Testament uh, was complete before 250 B.C., so okay. we can be sure of that. So, and then, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, would you would you kind of further extend that, um, you know, the, uh, you believe not only that it's accurate to its original translations, that um, would you also say that uh, you would subscribe to, like, a, a literal interpretation of the Bible, uh, as far as like all of the miracles and like the uh, creation account and all of it. Um, the, have you ever heard of the laws of hermeneutics? Elias is a, a bit more familiar on that than I am, but yeah, vaguely. Okay, yeah, there's there are certain uh, principles by which you interpret the Bible, and there's lots of metaphors and allegory. Um, in the Bible, but there's a lot of it that's also um, that to be taken literally. So, but the first law of hermeneutics is to interpret it literally if it is able to be interpreted literally. Do you have any thoughts on that, Elias? So, okay. The herm, like, can you specify in particular, like, how the hermeneutic that you use functions in determining, for instance, let's just say, uh, literal or historical context versus like a metaphorical or, um, 
a poetic context? Like what, like how do you determine uh, what, what is metaphor versus what is literal or, or historical? Well, the, the Bible is um, the most accurate historical record in existence. There's over uh, 25,000 manuscripts and manuscript fragments that, that verify the scriptures. And archaeology always um, backs scripture up. There's, you know, they even, sonar, they found uh, Noah's Ark uh, at Mount Ararat in Turkey. But um, I don't have the rules of hermeneutics right in front of me. There's five pri primary, primary um, rules of hermeneutics. And the first one is that if it's able to be interpreted literally. Also, uh, another one is that the Bible interprets the Bible. So a lot of times, uh, as I mentioned before, two or three witnesses. Of course, the Bible was written by many different authors at many different times. So you can uh, allow scripture to interpret scripture. That's very important. And that's one aspect of believing the Bible where, where biblical cosmology comes in is that the evidence isn't just like here or there. It's in Genesis. It's in Job. It's in Chronicles. It's in uh, Zechariah. And it's all the way to the Revelation. Uh, I had mentioned that my YouTube channel is Plasso Platus. That word is used in Revelation 29, where they came up onto the breadth of the earth. And when you look that word breadth up, the word breadth means made spread out flat. So, hypothetically, if, let's say, for example, you know, we could uh, demonstrate scientifically to your satisfaction that... Um, you know, the reality is, is that it actually contradicts the Bible directly. Um, would that change your interpretation of the Bible or would it change your confidence in it? Um, my confidence is that the people who are contradicting the Bible are doing so for a specific reason and eternal souls are at stake. The, the lie, why would the Bible be the most attacked book? Because it's the most true book and it's the book that's going to lead people to their Lord and Savior and to an eternal existence with their creator. And if you don't believe in the Bible, and that's what uh, the Luciferian and Freemasons of NASA, and we can look at their, their formation history, in fact, but um, they're misleading people to lead them away from their creator, and souls are at stake. That's why, that's the whole reason behind it, and that's in, in any conspiracy what I always do is look at the motivating factor. A good, a good detective, a cop on the beat, he always looks for, for motive. Okay, well, I look, look for the motive in it. And you can see that who the people were, what they were involved in, and what their goal is in creating and embedding the deception. You said before that you see the globe image everywhere, and you do. 
take take notice, count in even one given day how many times that that lie is reinforced in your life. You put a movie on a DVD and the universal comes up and there's the globe and you go in your classroom, there's a globe. You listen to the news on the radio and you know, it's a global epidemic. So the reinforcing of the lie is everywhere. And that's why so many people are having difficulty in overcoming it because I, it's I, continually reinforced. If I, if I can kind of interrupt you uh, just a little bit, because you may have misunderstood the question that I actually asked, which was uh, if it could be demonstrated to your satisfaction that the facts actually contradict your current belief, would that change your confidence in your current belief? Would you change your belief according to that new information or would you reject that new information? It would depend on who the source was Let's and it would also depend. It would depend also on whether that information was provable, testable and repeatable. Let's say hypothetically that it was. If, if it was something that's provable, testable and repeatable, I would look at it. But the thing is, is that I know that the scriptures are true and I can't imagine that there would be any evidence that would overturn the truth of God's word. Gotcha. So um, maybe just because I want um, you know clarity, just so we kind of are on the same page and we kind of both understand what, what we're talking about, how would you define knowledge? Knowledge is really information. You, we talked about it before. We, we said science, and I said science is knowledge. Um, it's, it's the, it's information. So the, so data, data, essentially like just concrete. It's there. It's data. It's static. You know, it just exists. I think what can be kind of confusing about that and conflating, you know, fact with knowledge, um, would be that, you know, facts do exist independently of our knowledge of them. Um, our understanding of the facts will always be limited. So in a sense, it is a little bit subjective there in that we don't always fully understand all of the facts. Um, but to some extent, we can, we can, like you said, we can demonstrate things, we can uh, demonstrate things that are repeatable and can make predictions that are accurate. And even if it's not perfectly accurate, if it's if it's a very useful model to make predictions that we can work off of, um, we can adopt that as at least our best understanding of the facts. Would would you disagree with kind of that definition of knowledge is that it's something that we could demonstrate? Um, typically, I think of the demonstration of knowledge is wisdom, but we do each only operate from our highest level of ignorance right we're not omni we're not omnipotent only god is omnipotent and we are are limited because we're we're human we're in the flesh bag um so the, the bible the let me you ask about the definition of uh of knowledge and i've looked that up in the concordance it comes from uh, the Greek epignosis, which is recognition, discernment, acknowledgement, knowledge. So 
that that's kind of what that's the the biblical uh aspect of what knowledge is so like let's say if i if i just believe something really hard am i justified in calling that knowledge if i just really 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 believe it it would be your knowledge wait i suppose i thought we said that knowledge was not subjective or rather the truth no, is not we, subjective the truth is not subjective Right, but not not knowledge and truth uh, would probably not be exactly the same thing. Obviously, right. by the fact that they're two separate words. Right. So we could say that you know maybe I have a belief, um, where I I think it's more justifiable to start calling it knowledge would be the point at which you could demonstrate that it's actually true. Would you Would you disagree with that? Well, I guess since. Science is knowledge, and science is only true science if it's testable and provable and repeatable, right. then, then yes, that would hold true. Cool. So we're on the same page there. Um, that's awesome, because I, I honestly wasn't sure if we would be able to kind of have that much common ground. Um, so if knowledge is what we can demonstrate, um, I kind of want to go back to... Because you claimed to know that the Bible is true. How can you... What are you basing that off of? How do you, how do you know that the Bible is, is true? And do you believe it... You, you said you believe it's absolutely true, or 99.975%. Uh, the reason being is because physical things um, back it up archaeology there's so many uh i'd have a hard time listing them all but i could give you a few specific examples but um, would, they, they go and dig things up out of the ground and they match what the scripture says they find the dead sea scrolls 1100 years after the fact and the information contained in the dead sea scrolls was this you know corroborated 1100 years worth of of transcription of the bible so there's physical objects in our reality in our realm that back up the veracity of scripture and then there, another element is prophecies fulfilled that's if you went through the bible and and counted all the prophecies that were made and that were that were fulfilled and those fulfillments can be um evidenced then that's proof as well. Would you say that it? Would you say it's a possibility um, that you could have a misunderstanding of those facts, or maybe you have a limited understanding of the accuracy of the Bible? Is that a possibility? It's a possibility for some people, but I am. Uh, of the mind that I'm not deceived on it. Um, I've done a lot of research on it. And again, because I changed my paradigm about where I live, I wanted to also be as certain about the veracity of Scripture. And I've gone to great lengths, read many books, looked at many uh, articles, uh, dug for you know, archaeologists, and uh, I haven't, you know, physically gone to England or the Middle East to to the museum or the archive physically myself, 
which, you know, if I guess if I was able to do that, I might have. But, uh, you know, given my resources and my location and, and then my what I can do to uh, verify it, I went to great lengths to look that up. And and I've, you know, listened listen to a lot of people who have been there and physically seen them. So kind of the reason I bring that up is because I've talked to – um, people who have spent equally, if not more time, uh, on a journey in the opposite direction, uh, where they were actually trying to prove to themselves, you know, that the Bible was true because they started with that belief. Um, I'm actually one of those people. And through just challenging uh, that information by exposing themselves to different information, um, I know some people who have literally gone through college um, my my brother has a friend who's literally a physicist, um, really smart guy, who have come to very different conclusions in their analysis of the evidence. And so in talking to different people, um, I come to, you know, a position where I, I meet people who have a whole variety of conclusions. And, um, you know, a number of those people, myself being one of them, have tried to, as honestly as possible, look at that evidence and come to very different conclusions than you have. Um, in my case, it was actually against my intentions. I actually was trying to prove that uh, for myself, I, I was uh, kind of faced with trying to prove uh, creationism, which is something I'm a little more familiar with against you know evolutionary biology. And as oh. I looked into it, I was actually finding quite the opposite of, of my own beliefs, and I, I could no longer convince myself. So there's a lot of people who would very much disagree with you, um, some of which I, I know are listening, who are kind of rolling their eyes, you know, hearing what you're saying, thinking he just doesn't understand the facts. What would you say to that? I would say that they haven't looked at all the evidence. And there's another another element that I find um, that people who are more apt to believe in Scripture oftentimes are people who have the supernatural experiences. I mentioned before I had the vision on my ceiling that I, I know the dream that I had right before I woke up to the vision on my ceiling was a, a prophetic dream because it was a, like a flood dream. And well, I do get prophetic. I do get prophetic dreams throughout time. And this prophetic dream on the heels of it was a vision. Whether people want to believe that I had the vision is uh, up to them. That, I, that's, I can't that's fair. I, yeah, that's fair. But, but I can't. I can't prove that. Oh, another another element. Let me continue for a moment. Are what's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And those people who are born-again Christians will operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the most well-known gifts is the one of speaking in tongues, in language that's not known by anyone on man, on earth. It's, it's a language of angels. I don't speak in tongues, but I do... Uh, associate with people who speak in tongues. But my gifts of the Spirit are discernment and words of knowledge. I get information about things that there's no way that I could have gotten them except that they were supplanted into my head by something outside of me. So the supernatural element um, is key. Most people who reject the 
scripture, A, have not spent the time in it, B, have not studied it out to, to find the veracity, the physical evidence that exists, the prophecies fulfilled. Let's be fair, though. And they, that, and they you've, already, you've already pretty much expressed those points. You have okay. said most of that previously. However, you could say that, but uh, you know, you are saying that anecdotally. You're saying th uh, the people I know that find the Bible to be true are people who are having mystical experiences, supernatural encounters. But to be fair, how many people do you truly associate with that have had mystical experiences that are outside the culture of Christianity. Or that contradict your beliefs, uh, because I've, I've had people, you know, have contradictory um, uh, prophetic visions, uh, where God supposedly told one person one thing and somebody else something that contradicts that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's extremely co common in any charismatic <clears throat> yeah, church. Well, the, the spiritual realm contains both sides it's a good versus evil mindset there is um supernatural or as you call them mystical people that are 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 born again believers christians they don't refer to them as mystical experiences but yes you you can uh practice the Jesuit spiritual exercises, which are akin to transcendental meditation. And yeah, you can have uh, supernatural experiences that way, and I don't recommend it. So how do you know that y you've got it right and everybody else has it wrong? Mm -hmm. That's fair. I don't, I don't know that everyone else has it wrong, but, but I'm sure in my faith and I'm sure in my belief because I've I've done an ample amount of research, and you get confirmation of things. You, if there's something that you're questioning and you'd like to have the answer to, then you know if you are if you ascribe to coincidences, then you'll be less apt to get those confirmations. But if you understand that everything happens for a reason, that nothing is by chance, then you realize. That, that's where I kind of have a problem, though, because personally, you know, as somebody who's not religious, from the outside looking in, talking to you, you're very confident in your faith, and you, you're very sure of your position. And I've talked to dozens and dozens of other people with um, some similar, some very not similar beliefs who are equally confident and would talk to me exactly the way that you're doing right now with very different conclusions. And in my own personal journey, um, trying to be honest with myself and being critical of the things that I believe, I can't get myself into any of those positions because no one can seem to give, you know, me uh, why it is that they are right and everybody else is wrong. Um, how how am I supposed but, to determine? But how how do you how do you come to the conclusion? that they think that everybody else is wrong. I, I can't possibly know what you, you think 24-7, and there's a billion or billions of people in the world. I can't know what all those billions of people are thinking, so I couldn't possibly come uh, to the conclusion that they're wrong. I can only come to the conclusion that, that I, I'm as true and correct as I can possibly be. Well, you, I, you, I don't you know. You come to the conclusion that evidence. they may have, not, they may not have the same amount of data as you do. 
That's but understandable. They, they might say the same thing about you that you've yeah. you know, lim- you're, you've exposed yourself to some very specific information and maybe not challenged it enough because you came to a different conclusion than them. So, you know, how how am I supposed to determine which of you is right? Um, you're not. It's not an issue of right or wrong. What? It's that's that's one upmanship. Well, but what? but it would you, no, you, but you, it would be a, an issue of right or wrong if it comes to the the knowledge truth. of accepting Christ as your savior, correct? See, my my goal is to know as many true things as possible and as few false things as possible. So that's kind of my my intention here is I want to expose myself to, you know, new information to challenge mm-hmm. myself so that I I can you know, critically analyze that and figure out, you know, does does this hold water? Is this a solid uh, conclusion that I could come to myself? And if no one can offer me, you know, sound reasoning behind that, then, yeah, I, I mean, what am I to do with that uh, other than just um, <laughs> move Thomas, on from it? Here's a quote that I heard recently. The truth cannot be told it must be realized that's kind of my therefore experience. I, I've, yeah I've uh, there, realized... therefore i can't i can't tell you the truth you have to come to the realization of the truth on your own what if i told you that i i feel like i've come to the realization of some things that very likely are true that directly contradict everything that you've said well, I'd say that, that perhaps you would want to do some more research or that your resources might be that's, – that's a big part of it. As soon as someone qu- quotes uh, something, oh, I saw this on the news, my first question is, what's the source? What? Maybe well, what for if we instance, that, what if it's what? a matter of – what if it's a matter of faith? Like what if it, it – what, let's say Thomas uh, earnestly prayed in the midst of being a believer – and those prayers were were not heard or the and now and the argument would be okay those prayers were heard but uh god didn't give him the answer he wanted thomas uh for instance let's say thomas is praying that his dog doesn't die and his dog dies no i that that might be i i might say cuz i literally did pray for the truth of the Bible, God to reveal the truth to you, right? Whatever that is, um, and I was like, what the Mormons tell to. us to do, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't don't listen to the Mormons. That's a cult. <laughs> but uh, oh, they're a cult, but not everybody else. Just uh, are not you know. Everyone says that about other religious groups except for their own, which I always find kind no, of ironic because they there, I've literally had Mormons tell me that you know they're not a cult, but other groups are. Well, you 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 study them, and you'll see that their their behavior is a cult. It's uh, I, I, it's very very much tied to Freemasonry. But that's, I, that's I let's not let's that. not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I, but, I agree but with let's, that, by the way. Here, let's get here, back here's, on. Here's something to go back to Elias's question: is first of all, generally, it's not um, in your best interest to pray in the negative. Don't pray for your dog not not to die. If you're going to pray yeah, in I, that fashion, I, okay, I think for, that was a pray for example. your pray uh, for your dog to have a mirac- miraculous okay. recovery and live. But so but you want to pray in the in the positive. Don't pray in the negative. I come well, from a charismatic and a Pentecostal background. 
that's that How old are you? okay but here's the thing that also uh they they tell you the same thing in the pentecostal background i can't tell you how many people i've met who have uh prayed the positive words they've used all the language that their pastors give them they use all of the language they they fast they pray they earnestly earnestly seek god and they pray for all the right stuff all the stuff that the pastors and the teachers and and the the theologies of that group they do all the right stuff and none of the right stuff still happens and i i mean okay, and you, more than you one person i've talked to like from tons that, from, of people who've been this through these kind of issues yeah only god can know their heart so you don't you can't but, but you're you're exter- immediately ex- judging them. Well, but i mean no I no could, no i'm saying that externally that you can't judge what their measure of faith really is in their heart. I You're actually, not able. So to. they I have every you. right. They have every right to walk away from Christ if it comes down to that. No, well, no, th- that doesn't make any sense. Pray to me. for things that you can pray for things that you want, and you're not, and you don't. I'm not get talking them. about praying what I want. I'm talking about praying all the right stuff, praying positively, praying for the spirit of life. You know, using all of the biblical, uh, actually, the, can I, you can know, I? theological statements to say these are the promises of God, and I believe them, and I'm gonna, Elias, I'm gonna uh, operate in that, but it doesn't work. Can I kind of cut in? What do there? we do um, about that? Because I can actually speak, I, and you're right, you can't know other people's motivations, but I can know my own. Um, when I yeah. prayed for you know God to reveal the truth to me, through that process, I became an atheist. So I know my motivations. I don't know yours. I don't know Eli's. Mm. I don't know anybody else's, but I know mine. Well, I, I, I can't even, that argument can't really work because you're immediately making a judgment about their motivations are most likely false anyway. You're already determining that that's the, that's the determining factor, that they're wrong. That's just um, that's, that's the immediate idea that comes out of that. Uh, that. That's just the natural circle of thought. It's a, uh, a, a, it's a way for pastors to get out of a hard talk, essentially, in my point of view. Well, but... That- yeah, the pastor the pastor can't answer a prayer, and a pastor can't be held responsible for whether God answers that prayer in the way that the the folks want it to be answered. Sometimes you you'll pray something and you'll get something quite the opposite of what you expected. You mean like leaving religion? Okay, <laughs> which is I what have, happened for me. But, well, but okay, I want to well, get back I to have, kind of some have, of the the flat Earth stuff real quick, if well, that's okay. Uh, could we let him finish I, that I thought would, really quick? Go ahead. What, what, leaving religion, Thomas, that, that's very good because my, my take on it is that religion gives biblical, spiritual Christianity a black eye. And it's always been that way. I didn't, it's just, the, I didn't just relieve that's religion. That's not what he meant by I, religion. I, I left faith altogether. Well... I, I hate to hear that. I, I hope that maybe that that uh, you'll have have a re- revelation that brings you back. I realize that that not everyone's going to get it, and so, and I. But I genuinely looked. 
Like, why was this not revealed to me? Why did you get this revelation and not my, not me? Why did God decide mm-hmm. that you should get that information and that I shouldn't? And I, in my genuine search for truth, I came to very different conclusions. And honestly, I'll say against my will, I didn't intend to ever leave my faith. It's just the more I explored it, the less I could convince myself that it was actually true. And at some point, I just had to be honest with myself and admit that I don't believe any of this. Wow. I mean, what more am I able to do? I, I tried. I've tried to have faith, and it, it didn't come to any kind of fruition. So why would God leave me out of the picture? It's uh, di- very difficult for, for another individual to say. You would know that better than I would. But one of, the, one of the stumbling blocks that I find to be very common among people who go away from the faith is unforgiveness. Oh. You hold God responsible for the death of a loved one, well, in fact, for I've actually, a, a broken relationship. Or so. I'm not saying that necessarily yeah. that applies to you, I did but I'm just saying uh, that a, a normally when I hear that sort of thing, that's the kind of direction that I think is that, okay, well, there's, there's a stronghold there of some sort that you're, you haven't overcome. And I, I, as an outside entity, I, I couldn't possibly put my finger on it. Like for myself. Unless I, unless, unless I was given a word of knowledge. Cause I, I have talked to people and I don't think that it's invalid to leave uh, religion on moral grounds. I, I actually very much think that's a valid reason. Uh, you know, if you're a Muslim and you have ethical problems with Islam, then yeah, that's totally a valid reason to leave that that belief. Myself, I I actually almost feel bad that I didn't have moral problems with Christianity or faith until after I came to that intellectual position of not being able to convince myself that it was true anymore. It wasn't until then that you know i started seeing it from a different perspective but through that process i was emotionally all in it was intellectually that i couldn't convince myself that that it was actually true the wisdom of the world is foolishness to god see i've heard that from very different perspectives of people who would say that about you uh it's uh, how is what i'm saying of the wisdom of the world you, it's it's <laughs> well i i mean i know personally people who would say that you're taking a very uh different perspective of the bible than what was intended when it was written um and you know you you just you haven't really experienced god's true wisdom through it um there are so many different perspectives on that that um and they're all contradictory so you can say that but i've literally heard the exact same argument from people who have very different beliefs very well i've i've got i want to kind of come back to the flat earth thing i want to get back on the the metaphysical and and cosmology type yeah conversation a little bit um because i you know i've not had much conversations about um flat earth and and i mean i know some of the biblical the scriptures you could take and and you know um so i have two questions in particular about the scriptural evidence of flat earth okay the first one will be um the determining factor that you made you have made specifically on that outside of you know maybe um forms of uh 
empirical evidence that you have might have uh you know researched on your own okay but as far as the biblical evidence you determine that via the uh strongs right the strongs concordance correct uh i you mainly relied on strongs king james and strongs right that's that's fair enough what i what i use for a long time are you going to tell me that that strongs is not dependable no i'm i was going to ask okay what makes the strongs dependable I'm just uh, because I'm curious. It, it's not. I mean, the Greek lexicon uh, isn't like super old. It's not. It doesn't pre. It doesn't date back to, you know, um, the you know the first century. So, yeah. how can we determine that that translation of Greek to English um, is is sound? Because we're not talking about the Bible here. We're talking about a lexicon. Um, they may, I, I'm not 100% familiar with the history of the lexicon. Um, it may have been a, uh, specifically designed for the Bible, or it could have just been designed for Greek in general. How do we prove and determine that the lexicon uh, is reliable and true? You can compare it to other um, concordances and other lexicons. Um, there's many of those that are available online. So you can, um, you know, use the blue letter Bible, or you can use a variety of different resources that compare. So out of the mouths of two or three witnesses. So if you have reason to doubt the Strong's in itself, then go to two or three or four other concordances, or just go to a Greek dictionary and look the word up and see if that the, if the meaning uh, jives with what's in the concordance. So I mean, if the meaning jives to English, you know, like, no, like, no, no, they, they chose the English words They chose the English words. Um, and a lot of times the translation, like I've said before in revelation 29, the word breadth, like, you know, they came up on the breadth of the earth. Yeah. But if you just Uh, looked at at that in English, you mm -hmm. wouldn't get the, 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 uh, real meaning, but when you take it back to Plasso and to Platus, then you see that that word breadth that they chose in English came from Greek words that mean made spread out flat. Right. Okay. Fair enough. That that's, I mean, that that's a pretty good, I mean, that's a fairly, I can understand that answer. I'm pretty sure I'm not a hundred percent on this, but the the Strong's le- Greek lexicon, the lexicon, um, I, I think, is the oldest thing that we've got Greek to English, if I'm not mistaken. Not 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what the, the oldest um, way we can translate is that. I'm not 100%, but from what I, the research I did on trying to find which lexicon was the oldest, stuff like that, the Greek lexicon that we have, I mean, I don't know about the other aspects of that um i had two other this, questions this they're not necessarily version, go ahead my particular version uh is from uh 1881 mm-hmm. 
So it's I think um, that's I been think around the, a long time. A lot of the aberrations have come with the new modern translations. That's the the right. older that you go with something. Like my King James Bible is was printed in the 1960s. So the older that you get, typically it's going to be more reliable. And the more modern that you get, the more suspect that um, that. Uh, the printed books are at least that's been my experience okay i have i have another question because i've not heard it i've not found anything that's answered this clearly i have one i've had one scholar answer uh this question um and it was what's under the earth Like, uh, I mean, well, I've heard, uh, I've heard that there's like, like, it's as if God has created some sort of pillar. I, I don't know exactly how that works out, but what is under the earth? Is there, is there something under the earth is, I mean, are there, uh, biblical references specifically? I mean, with maybe the exception of Sheol or whatever, but, uh, like what's holding this flat surface up is like, is, is space not real is, are uh, like, do we not exist in a 3D, 3D realm? Like, what, what's the, the deal with that? I, I'm confused on that. Well, I mean, our, our visual acuity shows that we live in a, in a 3D, a three-dimensional world. Um, right. What is underneath the earth is Sheol. It's, it's, it does say in the Bible that the earth is set upon pillars and shall not be moved forever. And it does say that, um, I think it's where, in Job 38. Do you know 38. where that's at? That that set upon. What pillars? do you mean? Where's that set upon pillars verse at? I'm so Are curious. You, let me go to Job chapter thirty-eight real quick because th- this is God speaking to Job and his friends. And let's see, Job chapter thirty-eight is a good uh, biblical cosmology chapter for proof because mm, it's God Himself. Hmm. Chapter thirty-eight. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. So in other words, they were. the context is that Job and his buddies were talking, and they were kind of making speculations. Yeah, and yeah, God came yeah, out of a, a whirlwind, and he goes, Where wast thou? When I laid the foundations of the earth, declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? And that's another flat earth. You know, you can't stretch a line, you know, like if you're pouring a foundation and you run a string, the string is taut like a guitar string. It's straight. So uh, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, and who hath stretched the line upon it? Where upon are the foundations thereof fastened or who laid the cornerstone thereof? So God's asking Job and his buddies, can you tell me where the, the foundations are fastened? Yeah. Yeah. And there are certain, yeah, I get the context. Yeah. Um, But there are certain determining factors. It's like, it's just hell. We don't have anything besides that. Well, no, it's, it's chill. Um, I have, um, there may also be paradise there. Some people ascribe to a hollow earth theory. Not, yeah, I don't. The, well, but, well uh, the, the, the Lazarus parable. Yeah. 
Uh, so okay. yeah, that's so, yeah, because there is a great a great chasm, and whenever Jesus, yeah, when Jesus died, he went to Sheol. I mean, mm-hmm. he died on the cross, and before he arose the third day, um, he went down into Sheol to get uh, mm-hmm. the keys. Um, yeah. I believe it is. Uh, but while I'm, I'm on this chapter uh, 38 here in yes. Job, um, a couple of, couple of things. When the morning stars sang together, okay, that's, um, I think of the stars as being sonoluminescent. It says in, I believe it's First uh, Corinthians 1540, if I remember right, but it's in, in Corinthians the uh, <clears throat> the stars have individual glories. It says, you know, the sun has one glory, and the moon has. Yeah, it's First Corinthians fifteen forty, and that's where it talks about celestial and terrestrial. But the sun and the moon have individual glories, and each star has its individual glory. And the it's a frequency. Sonoluminescence is, you know, it's like. Uh, their vibrational resonance gives off uh, the color that we see. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, uh, it just had mentioned the stars and it talks about them singing. So I thought I'd mention their, the vibrational frequencies. Um, so I, I, you were reading Job off and you were reading I, what God said, very matter of factly, uh, as, as though God said it. Do you actually well, believe? Do you believe that God said those words? All uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, instruction, and righteousness. And the Scripture says, "Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said." So, according to the text, this is God speaking, and God is describing His creation and asking these guys, "What? Why are you sitting there?" Uh, guessing about things you don't know, but I'll tell you. And he's telling them, he goes, or who shut up the sea with right. doors when it, when it break forth as if it had issued out from the womb. And so, it goes on to say that he, that he set bars and doors to keep the, the ocean in. And that's going to be your Antarctica. And verse 14, and then I'll, I'll drop my reading of Job. Uh, it says, it is turned, meaning the earth, as clay to the seal, and they stand as a garment. And what that what that is indicating in olden times when they had scrolls, the kings had signet rings. Well, they had the messengers on foot take the message from them to uh, who it was going to. They sealed their scrolls with either clay or wax. So they put drip wax on the edge and the king presses his signet seal, his signet ring, into that hot wax, and it makes an impression. So the description of the earth here in Job is it is turned as clay to the seal, meaning that as the signet ring impresses into clay and there's ra- a raised edge and the, uh, you know, the topography in the middle, that's what the earth looks like. According to Job fourteen, where God is speaking, or Job it's a, thirty it's eight fourteen, it's a dome. There's a no, dome that, over the earth. He's talking about this. 
he's talking about the surface in that particular passage. So, the, so the, there, like, there's a dome, there's a curve, uh, there is a curvature to this dome. This is, yeah, I find this interesting. The, you, you kind of answered my second question, um, with your reading in, in, uh, where is it, Job 30? Because, I mean, 26 7, uh, Job talks, and this is interesting because <laughs> Job talks, and Job yeah. says that uh, the earth is suspended and, and hanging, hanging on nothing. with nothing. And then yeah. apparently <laughs> and God <laughs> corrects him. See, but once again, this is why I asked doesn't, you at the very beginning. It doesn't hang on anything, it sits on pir- pillars. <laughs> well, but it yeah. says, and it hangs. It, it the the scripture says it it hangs with with nothing under it. Um, it says specific. he stretches out the north over the empty place and hangeth the earth upon nothing. But there again, if it's Job talking versus God talking, who 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 are you going to believe? Well, you I, know, let, I, I, to, let God to, be true, but every man a liar. To clarify. Men wrote both of those narratives down, not God directly. I'm just, I can't help but sit here and just listen to us discuss, you know, what Job said and what God said as parts of a story without us actually being able to demonstrate that any of this is factually accurate. Um, when it's entirely possible that a bunch of people wrote down these stories with a very limited understanding of the universe that we exist in. Yeah, I, and, I think that's fair. I mean, that's a fair assessment to make. I think if I was dropped then you'd- onto a planet and I did not have any kind of reference point of knowledge, uh, uh, you know, I would not imagine that uh, gra- gravity was real or existed. Uh, you know, I would just think, okay, this is all that exists. There's this flat space, and then there's the space above it, and there might I mean, be something under that flat space. You'd have, but no there's got to be something suspending. Well, and you'd have no concept of things like atoms and germs and all of yeah, the other yeah, things yeah. that we we just have a better understanding because we have better tools. Uh, and that's only been a you know a long process, but. How do you know that we have better tools? Because you, you weren't you weren't you weren't alive at a thousand BC. You weren't alive at five hundred AD. No, you but don't I'm alive now. really know. It, but but history could possibly just be the lie agreed upon. Well, you, no, you don't no, really know for yeah. sure. How, how did they? How did they build the pyramids? How did they have the technology to do that? And we can't duplicate that now. Look at our Actually, look at our architecture now. It's uh, terrible compared back to on track ancient here. architecture. <laughs> but yeah, let's. Uh, um, I, I saw that, where that was going there. Yeah, I know. There, there's I, good explanations and, and for though that. I do, I, well, I would argue that's a little debatable. Um, I mean, uh, of course, we, I, we, I, we I subscribe to the fact. Yeah. Well, I would, I agree. No, I agree with you, Patrick. I, I think that that is debatable about the tool thing, but this is, that's, that's completely taken us in a, in a very different well, direction. But by your but, standard, but, 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 by your standard of things being demonstrable, repeatable, and able to make accurate predictions, we can, and we do. We can, we can speculate, but to, to, you know, no, no, I'm, I'm talking with physics. We can accomplish things like GPS. Um, I mean, technology that relies on satellites that require a massive amount of, of people to be in on 
if if it's a conspiracy and they're all balloons, it's an awful lot of people that are keeping that secret. Uh, it's just it sounds on the face of it pretty ridiculous just because of how unlikely something like that is to actually be able to sustain itself for so long and the entire yeah. industry be able to keep a secret. I mean, when it's, it's, compart it's, it's compartmentalization. There, there are going to be a lot of, uh, Thomas, there's going to be a lot of different variables that could inflect the possibility of, you know, 200,000 plus people uh, keeping the the moon landing under wraps. I literally know somebody okay. who works for uh, in the industry. I know, I know, I know, Thomas. NASA. Uh, so. I've also, I also have, <laughs> I have family that's also worked at, Na at NASA. I right. have family. I have a friend. My my one of my closest friends, uncle, was at Mission Control. He was at he was Houston. He was there, and he right. experienced the whole deal. Thomas, there is going to be a completely, uh, that's going to take way too long to even oh, you're right. give yeah. him yeah, a we, rebuttal for that issue. We, we it, there's, there to, are a lot of in. variables that uh, rebuttal that, that, that I don't know if we can substantiate or not, but right. the, I, I, the I point is, wanted... is I, let me, let me say this real quick because uh, to be fair to Patrick, the, you know, he he stands on the fact that the Bible is really the only thing you can use to justify the Bible, and to to deal with that true. hermeneutic. Okay, to deal with that hermeneutic, you have to. There, there's only one option to that, and that's to determine what specifically can be used as metaphor and what can be used as literal um, determinative determinative cosmology given through some kind of supernatural happenstance. All right. So those are the only two factors that are at opposition here. And there's, there's nothing in between them unless we like talk about metaphor. And, uh, that's the big factor for me because, um, how do you, uh, you know, you've got to really deal with and discern what's metaphor and what's not. And from Patrick's point of view, as far as I understand, you take, you do take Genesis one to be literal. Correct, Patrick? Well, it says that the, the creation account is six days. Um, I, uh, the prophetic indicates that a thousand years is a, is to a day as a day is to a thousand years for God. Yes, but that so, still only puts so our time frame it, it, at what? 6,000 years. Fit, well, yeah, you're, we're, yeah. we, no, actually, we're, we're coming up, in, in my estimation, and according to the scholars that I uh, partake of their um, teachings, we're nearing the end of our sixth thousand year day and the seventh is the millennial reign so that's going to mean i'm a pre-millennial i'm not a dispensationalist but i'm a pre-millennial historicist actually but 
when the sixth thousand day year ends, that's supposed to be the time of the return of Jesus Christ, okay. the Messiah, and that will begin. So you don't necessarily the take that thousand as year day, which is the millennial reign. Right. Yeah. Right. I do. Okay. Fair. I do fair enough. He does. He does. But, he does. Three, but you ask about Genesis, and I was saying that it says, you know, that God created all the things of the heavens and the earth in six days, but a thousand days is to a year, so it may have taken God oh, actually right. six thousand years we're, we're to talking, create it. Yeah, we're talking like at the very most twelve thousand years, somewhere, give or take there. If I'm not mistaken, well, if we include the entire historical timeline of the Old Testament into the New, what we've got eight thousand years there plus uh, by uh, the the prof- you looking at the creation story as a prophetic interpretation of that, um, but si- a day signifies a year, so it's going to be somewhere in the ballpark area between fifteen thousand BC to today well we we don't think that that time was reckoned as we know it until um god built the sky clock you know he put the the fair so uh, firmament up he put the firmament and he yeah, put the luminaries yeah. in there and they were to, to do be for times and seasons and and what have you so really we didn't reckon time as we know it on earth until you know he put those things in the sky to help so us there's to a little time. wiggle there's a little wiggle room there right okay but with yeah there, there's also a, another uh, area for wiggle room. There are artifacts to be found under the sea. A lot of times you hear people talk about the lost city of Atlantis. Yeah. Well, and in the there's they call it the the uh, Genesis one gap theory between Genesis one one and Genesis one two. There's an area there that. Um, if you look at it very closely, I can't corroborate it for sure, but there is other evidence in Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah, I believe the other other one is. But right, I right, do right. believe that there was probably a pre-Adamic civilization that was comprised of angelic beings, and Satan was Old the— Old creationism. Uh, yeah, he, he was the, the head— of that previous uh, pre-Adamic civilization, and that's how, yeah. when Adam and Eve were in the garden, that immediately mm-hmm. Satan was there to deceive them, the keys away from them. God gave them dominion, but he came and, and took it away, and that's why today right. Satan is still the prince of the power of the air. Okay. That's why in Matthew 4, 8, that he took Jesus to the high mountain and said, here are all the kingdoms of the earth. I, I'll give them to you Can if I you'll kinda, bow down and worship yeah. me. Can I kind of hop in with a question? Sure. Um, have you have you ever actually taken an external um, analysis of your own beliefs? Like, have you tried to look at uh, other explanations that contradict your own? Have you like tried to kind of educate yourself in uh, more of a, a mainstream kind of a, a classroom kind of a, a setting? Like, have you really tried to challenge? those beliefs uh if anything that's mainstream i would tend to stay away from but i do uh keep an open mind part of the part of the ability to come to the knowledge of the truth is humility and although i may sound very confident in what i'm saying 
I didn't arrive at the things that I have uh, found, uh, save being uh, humble. I mean, there's no no way to to come to the truth if you're not coming from it from a point of humility. And um, yes, I have looked at other things. There is. Uh, some people who consider that the Bible, as opposed to being uh, more literal, look at it as more of a celestial figurative, like instead of Jesus being a man that came to earth, he is symbolic of a happening in the celestial sphere. And uh, like the Mayan calendar, you know, there there is evidence that we have uh, the earth itself has a cyclical nature. So we're told about like the flood of Noah as a worldwide cataclysm and geology right. bears that out. You, but there uh, is a possibility that other cataclysms have occurred in between of greater or lesser extents that we aren't made aware of you you can you kind of keep going back and appealing to the bible uh, and it kind of feels like you're assuming you know that's kind of your starting point that you're assuming that that's true um what what are you concluding or what are you using to conclude that that is factual that the bible is true because that's kind of the foundation for all of this I, I've already covered that. I've already said that archaeology proves it out. But it doesn't. Manuscript, but it does. But I've actually seen it contradict. That's what led me out of some of those beliefs, especially with the young earth. Um, it, it directly contradicts that, to my best so, understanding. Okay. So how, you, you might, what you might want to keep in mind and go back and re-examine the source of that, because Christians. there are— uh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> their, their motive was not to prove that it's wrong. Their motive was to know what was true. And so they're, they're forming their view of their faith based on the evidence that they're faced with. And, right. uh, I mean, if that's what they're doing, if they don't have an ulterior motive of trying to prove that it's false or try to prove some other narrative, if they're just following the evidence to a different conclusion— and they're not basing it on the assumption that everything that they already believed was true or that the Bible is even true. They're just trying to confirm that, it, you know, what of it is true and how am I supposed to interpret this? And they're coming to different conclusions. I mean, to me, I think it's fair to say that you can look at the evidence and come to very different conclusions. And to me, and I don't want to, you know, kind of assume your motivations or assume because i don't know you know i can't read your mind but to me it looks like you've not given as critical of a view of uh, or a look at the evidence as you might think that you have and you you did say that you know you think if people are coming to different conclusions than you are that they just maybe haven't explored it enough when there are thousands of people who have dedicated like their whole careers to understanding scientific conclusions and maybe if if i might you know i would like to suggest you know that advice that you gave i don't think it's bad advice i just wonder if you're really applying that to yourself or not meaning that um i could Stand to do more research. Exactly. And okay, not, yeah. not and research. I, I, I'm, not, ever, I'm ever researching. To, to be and clear. And I did already I, state that, 
that we each are operating from our highest level of ignorance. Right. I, and I, I have to, only accumulated the knowledge that I have accumulated. I, there is a infinite amount of additional knowledge that could be accumulated. Right. And I live a finite life. So what I'll I wanted do to re- the best. I what can. I kind of wanted to reiterate to to kind of leave you with um, tonight was, you know, not to do further research to try to figure out if you're right but to try to do further research to try to prove yourself wrong, because that's kind of how we determine what is likely true. That's kind of how science works. Science never really proclaims what's true. It tries to rule out what isn't true, and whatever remains is left to be unchallenged um, or has stood up to the challenge as of yet. And it's never really claimed absolutely that this is true. It's claimed this is, to our best knowledge, what we're left with because we can't yet prove that wrong but that's kind of the mindset is always trying to prove yourself wrong to kind of up upend your current understanding of reality and i'm i'm curious if you've really delved into you know actively try to prove yourself wrong because i did that and i i walked myself right out of a lot of the beliefs that i had and i like i said i didn't do that because I wanted to be wrong, I wanted I did that to try to make sure that those ideas could stand up to scrutiny. And when I look at the entire body of of scientific disciplines that have, you know, rigorously done this, um, they've come to some very different conclusions than you have. So I'm I'm curious if you've really done that, and maybe something you know to challenge yourself to do more of. And if you have, then that's great. Um, but I would challenge you to keep doing that because I think that's how we kind of determine, you know, what's true and what isn't is by trying to prove ourselves wrong. Well, if, uh, you have intention to prove yourself wrong, then you will. That's, that's the power of intention. Not necessarily. You will. No, if you're following Uh, evidence, you can actually, if something is, if it stands up to scrutiny, you can actually have things that remain, and that's what we've done. That's how science works. Um, do you are you familiar with who the Jesuits are? Vaguely. Vaguely, perhaps you should do some research in that field, yeah, and you to. should take a look at what what their influence in the sciences have been, and then you should also consider. Uh, who they work for. The Jesuits were formed in 1541 as part of the Counter-Reformation. In uh, 1517, Martin so, Luther to- nailed the 95 Theses to the door, allow me to continue, and began the Protestant Reformation. The Bible identifies the seat of the papacy as the Antichrist, and all of the things that you see coming out of the papacy, the the bastardization of religion, uh, the martyring of true Bible-believing Christians who followed the way that Jesus established in his lifetime and was carried on by the apostles immediately following him and by the ancient church fathers in the first, second, and third centuries behind but that has, them. That doesn't did much writing, just allow, allow me to Allow me to continue. They we, we are kind of running those, late. So all can... of their writings. Okay. Well, I, I'm just. <laughs> I'll get to my point. But the 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 um, Roman Catholic Church became the state mandated religion in the 300s under the reign of of Constantine. And what they did is they blended uh, Christianity 
and Gnostic cults and Buddhism and Hinduism. They've blended all of the religions together and made it a state-mandated religion. So Christianity got blurred, um, I'm sorry. Uh, that, watered down. That, I, even, I have even, to interrupt you. No, that, the, his, that the, has the actually, history bears that out. Look, I, I, I need the to interrupt you. The history bears that out. You, that has absolutely nothing to do with my friend who's a PhD physicist and his field of study. It, he's not doing it with an I'm not talking about your friend I'm not talking about your friend who's a PhD physicist. What I'm talking about is the powers that have taken the reins of and influenced science from the 1500s. That, that, That's what you need to understand and you also need to understand who they work for. The Jesuits <laughs> were you, the original you're ones. You're assuming an intent you, you of an entire body of of, of scientific discipline, and to me, that demonstrates that you no, don't understand several, the culture. You, you don't understand the culture of, of those of those fields. That is absolutely not. No, I don't. How I don't. I don't need to understand the culture of the fields. What I need to understand is the motivations of the people who pioneered them. The motivations of the people who are furthering our knowledge of the universe is not what you're saying it is they genuinely are trying to determine no. what's true no i'm sorry they, they've been led astray by scientism so and you can say it, that but I'm you're saying, not convincing any of the people who are involved in that 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 you know their intentions better than they do no i i can't speak to any individual's uh particular um, motivation, but I can speak to the motivations of the Jesuits because of who they answer to. So why? And they took the reins of science in the 1500s, and they have uh, perverted them through time. All of your major deceptions can be tied back to the Jesuits. The Big Bang, cosmic egg theory, evolution through the Freemasons can be tied back to the to the Jesuits. The phony germ theory that we're living under right now. I mean, there's no such thing as a as contagion or in the virology is all messed up, and that can also be tied back to a Jesuit. The heliocentric, sun-centered, satanic uh, world that we've been presented can be tied back to Copernicus, who went to school with the same guy who uh, originally theorized the, the germ theory and uh, contagion. So all of these deceptions all tie commonly back to but the Jesuits, and the Jesuits were formed as a counter-reformation measure to the Protestants, and they serve the white pope and the black pope, and those that is the biblical antichrist. That was the whole reason for the Protestant Reformation to begin all, with. All of those things that you just referenced, germ theory, Contagions, those are all things that meet that criteria that you made about what science is, being able to demonstrate things uh, that are repeatable and, pre and make predictions that are accurate. They all do that. You're, you're no, literally talking— testable. Yeah, no, they're I'm not. All, I, they absolutely are. They wouldn't be effective. Okay, well, uh, you do your homework on the Jesuits, and, and perhaps— uh, see clearly 
what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I'll, actually, I am curious. I, I want to kind of do some more research on the Jesuits now that uh, that's kind of come up as, as maybe a, a, a motivation for why you're, you're coming to these conclusions. Um, I will absolutely look into that because I, I find that curious. Um, but yeah, they uh, work. They work. They work for the Antichrist, and the Antichrist is interested in souls being separated eternally from God, their Creator. I and tell you what, the I, I motivation will, behind many of us. I will look into and them, and that further proves the validity of the Bible. Is the fact that they're working so hard to get people not to believe the Bible by by using the sorceries of scientism and pharmacia to, to separate individual souls from their creator that's their motivation that's their part of the antichrist and yet and the vast majority of the people uh, the vast majority of the people that are in these fields have absolutely no problem believing the bible they just have a different interpretation than you do of it um they would argue that theirs is a lot more accurate and based in reality um but i tell you what i will i will look more into the jesuits because i i find that as a really interesting thing to research. Uh, I'll be very happy to do that. Would you be happy to maybe um, uh, do some research uh, critically and try to see if some of your ideas hold up to scrutiny by trying to study things that directly contradict your beliefs? And what exactly things would that be? Uh, like any of the things that you mentioned, uh, virology, uh, you know, germ theory. I've studied uh, that. Would you? I've studied that. But have you studied I've stu it? From, I've studied them. Ha, what? Per, where did you get your information from? Was it from a perspective of your current position, or was it from a perspective that counters your position? Um, originally, I was under the delusion that the majority of the world is under is that that can you know that you can catch a cold from someone, and that's not not the case. That's not true. Mm. It's and I've looked at many authors and researchers yeah. and naturopaths <laughs> and MDs and psychologists and the uh, yeah. um, I mean the, sorry, the contagion you're, myth. You're you're the you're demonstrating that you don't understand that properly um so i don't think that you really uh, how am i demonstrating because yes, you're, I have. you're expressing I have. a misunderstanding would you, would you like me to explain it no would you like me to explain to you how it really works we don't have time for that tonight we've already got an hour and 45 minutes um we just can't cover uh, the entirety of of this in one podcast i'll be happy to look into okay. it i would challenge you to kind of also go and you know do some critical uh challenging of yourself whether you do that or not okay. is kind and of again, on you. specifically again specifically you you told me to look at germ theory and i've already done that extensively and i'm very comfortable in the fact that mm, viruses are not and they have been uh, misrepresented for social control, uh, population reduction, etc. Uh, but what other what other avenue would you recommend that I explore to uh, try to disprove where I stand? I mean, you could even just look into um, debunking flat Earth. I, I I've already looked at all of the debunking stuff. That's so if you do a search, that's what you get. That's what you get is all the debunking stuff. That's why that's why people think it's so stupid. It's, it's, well, yeah, I've 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 grew up uh, with a fire tower in my backyard. I could go up 
70 feet in the air and see 50 to 60 miles away. So I've already proven the flat earth from, from my own perspective and didn't even know it when I was in my teens. All right. You shouldn't be able to see the tree line 60 miles away if there's eight inches per mile squared uh, of curvature. Well, it's I, impossible. I can't see across Lake Erie where I live uh, to the other side over into Canada. Well, they can see across Lake Michigan. They did a, they did uh, 60 miles across from from Michigan to Chicago, okay. and they had the skyline of Chicago in their view the entire time. They well, went from Michigan Chicago to Chicago. Not flat. That's above the surface of the Earth. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, well, I, will, whole, I will happily look the, into it. I will happily look further into it. it. They um, had. We do yeah. kind of have to wrap it up because I only have so much hosting time that I'm able to put out on the show before I, okay. I, I run out of time. They, they only allow me to host so much, so many hours uh, per month. So I, I really do have to, to cut it, um, you know, before we get okay. to like two hours. I, I, but. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate your open mindedness and I will take take uh, an effort to look at things from the other side of the coin again I i've already that. done it yeah. extensively and like you said we but, are always operating on our highest level of ignorance so there's always things that we could further learn and i i that applies to myself as well so i'm totally willing to you know explore um, more without any kind of um commitment to any particular conclusion i'm happy to follow the evidence wherever it it leads me um i would just ask for you you know to to honestly and genuinely do the same, you know, just consider always the possibility that you could be wrong about anything and just follow that evidence. Well, yeah, that's, that's what humility is about. Exactly. Uh, it's, you know, that's uh, always being willing to admit that you're wrong, but when the evidence is a preponderance to a certain direction um, if you were to believe the opposite of what the evidence proves out then you'd really just be a fool right exactly and i think that's a great note to kind of end on um i really okay. appreciate you having uh, you know taking almost two hours out of your night to uh, come talk to us it was really fun um i i think that gives a lot of people some interesting things to think about yeah, thanks again for joining us, man. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Okay, okay. I, I have to unpack some of that. That that was... Wow, there was so much there. Um, I mean, he made so many references, I didn't even know where to start. Uh, he referred to Obama as the Kenyan three times, I, I think, uh, right off the bat, and went into so many other things. Um, and I took the bait. I did. I uh, I, I bought right into um, arguing points there towards the end instead of, uh, you know, kind of staying focused on the why. I, I feel like I might have let him go a little bit too long on, um, you know, what he believes, uh, more so than you know, kind of getting into the the epistemology of why, you know, how he's determining uh, what's true. He did allude to it a little bit. Um, a couple of times he, he did kind of uh, refer to, you know, the Bible being the source of truth. 
that where he was kind of confirming that these things are true and and he you know he made reference to weeping and and apologizing to God for uh you know not not understanding that sooner or or you know uh believing otherwise um yeah there was a lot there uh I don't even know if I could have addressed even a fraction of that in one show um I feel like I did a, a poor job of really directing it in the right direction, though, and that's something I would like to work on uh, in the future. Uh, I think I might ask him for some resources, uh, you know, where he's getting uh, his information, because I am kind of curious to uh, delve in a little bit. Um, he made a lot of references that I weren't necessarily familiar with in terms of, like, the flat earth uh, belief, uh, but I... I was kind of picking up on that they are, or at least to me, they seemed similar um, to some other pseudosciences such as uh, like young earth creationism, which is something that I have delved into quite a bit more. Um, and the similarities there are pretty striking. And I know, you know, having come from being a young earth creationist myself, uh, that that is largely faith-based. And I, I, I kind of feel like that might be you know, where he's coming from, but I, I can't say that because I can't speak for him. Um, but if I can kind of get some of his sources, uh, then maybe I can kind of get some insight there as to uh, some of the reasoning that's influencing, you know, uh, how he's getting where he's at. Um, so I'll try to get some resources there. I might even go over uh, one or two of them. I don't, I doubt I'll have time, uh, but maybe he'll provide me with um, like some documentaries or, uh, you know, some articles or something, and I can kind of go over that just a little bit, just to kind of get uh, a, a peek into his world, because um, I, I think that would be really interesting. Um, but man, thank you for sticking it out for two hours. That was uh, that's that was a long show, and I'm sure it was frustrating uh, for a lot of people. Um, I get it. It, it, it's really frustrating to listen to things that you disagree with. Um, I think it's healthy to be able to do that, though, to listen to something that you don't agree with and even hypothetically entertain the idea um, to see where, you know, that that leads you um, logically. But yeah, that, that was that was really taxing. It was a lot, I'm sure, for anybody. Um, Elias had to actually kind of duck out early, so he's he's not here. Uh, at the moment, it's uh, it's just me, but and maybe uh, maybe it was a bit much for him. I know he was uh, he was not sure how the show was going to go, but I know he had some other things that he had to take care of too. So uh, he did duck out a little bit early, and he wasn't real involved in that conversation this time. But uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Um, if you would like to hear um, maybe some more contentious episodes, then. Uh, you know, we can maybe have some more people on. I like to talk to people that I disagree with. That one was like we were on, we weren't just disagreeing, we were on different planets. Uh, or Beyond that, I think we were in different realities. Um, we had such different starting points that I don't even know how to have a very productive conversation there other than just to kind of make an analysis of, uh, you know, how, how did you end up so far from where I am? Um, but yeah, if, if you would like to come on and talk about, uh, things that we might disagree with, or, uh, maybe we agree, um, please go to our website, uh, analyzedpodcast.com, 
click on the become a guest. Uh, just fill out the form. We'll all get emails and I will reach out to you. I'd love to talk to you. Um, if you would like to support the show right now, uh, membership is $5 for bonus content and um, like the extended shows that we've admittedly not done very many of. And I was kind of thinking of running this into an extended show, but I do have uh, enough hosting time to be able to manage it um, this time. So I'm, I'm going to just leave it all in the free section. Uh, and I kind of wanted to just finish it so that it didn't, it didn't, I, I didn't feel like it would really be a big benefit to, uh, uh, make any portion of it exclusive. Um, and it wasn't even really juicy enough to, to entice you in. Um, so no reason to make that paid, but, uh, uh, we will have more content in the future. And I, I might even kind of do a breakdown of, of, uh, whatever he sends me, uh, if he does, uh, in the Patreon, that could be, that could be pretty interesting. I'll try to post any links that he gives me in, in the, uh, uh, in the Patreon post as well. Uh, but yeah, just click on the, uh, uh, the become a Patreon, uh, link and it'll take you right to the website and you can become a guest. You can cancel any time if you like, you just consume all the content, cancel it and $5 and you've gotten all of it. Um, that's fine with me. Uh, but otherwise, Hey guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Um, I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week, but, uh, um, I'm sure it will be interesting. Hopefully it might be a little less painful than this one though. Uh, see you guys. Guys.